Welcome to another episode of Seahawk Talk. Today, I'm joined by special guest Candace with Ethos Seahawks. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Ready to talk some Seahawks. How are you, Joe? Oh, doing awesome. Thank you so much for coming on before we uh, before we get to anything. It is really greatly appreciated. So Absolutely. Exciting to do it. This time of year is super exciting. So anytime I can talk football, it's always great. Yeah, for the next six days or... Really, until until Sunday, it'll be pretty exciting. And then even Sunday with some undrafted free agents coming in, you know, yeah. it's finally ramping up. We we're kind of in that area between free agency and the draft, where it's like, oh, nothing's really happening right. except the Cardinals probably getting the ugliest uniforms in professional football. Um, <laughs> other than that, aren't they ugly? They the, I didn't mind the white and the black ones, but the red ones, I just yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's like out of them, and it's a, it's like a, the weirdest time for them when they're like their owners we, being accused of cheating and yeah, hey, here new uniforms, okay. Yeah, no, it's super, it's super weird because it's like they took like uh, it's like they went like twenty years backwards with the home uniforms, and I was like, okay, well, they're red, right? And they say Arizona <laughs> really big across the chest. Yeah, the so. number's so long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, you excited for the draft? What are your uh, plans on draft day for one? Just yeah, chilling. I guess I'm just gonna you know just watch it. I don't have anything super special planned. Uh, I, I don't think I'm gonna do a, a live stream or anything. I think I'm gonna just kind of react in real time, um, especially because this is the highest the Seahawks have drafted, and I just kind of want to like reserve all of my reactions for like <laughs> for myself and <laughs> make sure I, I, I make a composed like reaction. Um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about that, so I, I will be live streaming along here with uh, Ryan from No Border Sports. He'll be on there. Brian Cole will be on there. Nice. Uh, uh, one of my Seahawks friends that goes to the game with me will be on there. Levi at Darwin's Ravens will be on there. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, if we uh, if if we take a quarterback at number five, I am uh, I might have to mute myself and because uh, I won't be very happy. I know. So, okay. Cause I'm glad I'm not the only one that had, I thought we may have to have that debate, but now I'm, I'm, I'm team no quarterback. Like I, I thought about it, but just, I don't see the, I don't, I don't get, I, I understand the value and I understand that you're not going to have a, a pick this high again, but I also understand that you're probably not going to use that pick for at least two years. Cause I know you can get technically get out of the Geno contract in a year, but I think given Geno sacrifice for 10, I'll probably give him at least two. Um, yeah. I mean, my thing is maybe, maybe if Stroud falls like they say he's going to, to five, but I can't even see him getting there. I don't see where there's any situation where Stroud will be there, but I wouldn't want to take Anderson or Levis at five at all. Maybe at 20, honestly, if they took him, if they took, if he makes it to 20, right. And they take him at 20. I mean, who am I to be like, Oh, that's a wasted first round pick. It's not, I mean, maybe not. But. Yeah, I'm I'm better at 20, but I, I'm with you now. Stroud is a consideration. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't. I think that some of this is kind of smoke and mirrors in terms of his draft stock falling. And, and I, I mean, I just don't see him falling to five. I, I don't. But uh, if so, I'll consider that. But AR is such a project. He's very talented, highest ceiling, but he's such a project. Yeah. And then with any quarterback in general, you've already got a backup. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a red shirting anymore in the NFL. I heard something about like they took away that no, rule, no, like you can't no, just no, red shirt not. a guy. So then you got three active quarterbacks on your team. I mean, team on your team when you're trying to win now. One guy's going to be making 
more than Drew Locke, probably, in the plan. Yeah, no, he will. So if it's fifth overall, he'll be making, I want to say, $11 million. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a lot more than Drew Locke is because yeah. Drew Locke is $3.5 million, And then if he actually plays, which, fingers crossed that he won't have to, um, he could get up to $7 million. Uh, I want to say shout-out John Jay really quick before I totally forgot to say to say your name before when I was telling everybody. Um, but yeah, so say say you're in a situation where Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are both there at five. Who are you taking? Now, now man, you asking the question I ask myself like daily. I, I give a new answer. All right, today, today. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> I got today. I think I'm gonna go Jalen Carter. I would probably I would I would give you another answer two days from now. I think, and and I'm just gonna say, I like Will Anderson is a better prospect. He doesn't have the same risk, right? But I also the the defensive line class is just mm-hmm. not as deep as the edge class, and I I'm, maybe it's just time passing. I'm not as panicked about the Jalen Carter situation as I was Me maybe either. three weeks ago. And so I've kind of calmed down, reevaluated it, really looked at the tape again, and he would be the perfect fit for what the Seahawks are trying to do moving forward. Uh, that D-line is still paper thin. The the absence of Al Woods, I think, mm-hmm. dramatically changes my answer. If you got an Al Woods backup depth or whatever, I, I, mm-hmm. I'd say Will Anderson, but – they got Draymond Jones, but then they cut a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think Monet will be – I mean, he showed flashes last year at nose tackle, but we, we're we still going to need a nose tackle regardless of who we take. But, God, I think if either one of those guys are there at five, you take one of them. And that's my thing. I'll take Jalen Carter and Will or Will Anderson both over Tyree Wilson. Now, if they draft Tyree Wilson, my answer is going to change because I'm such a homie. <laughs> right. But – just strictly uh, pro day combine, all that out the window. I liked, I really liked Jalen Carter and Will Anderson compared yeah. to Tyree Wilson. I mean, it's almost a coin flip, right? You're like, because oh. I feel like the ceiling could be higher with Jalen Carter than with Will Anderson. Yeah, I think that's fair because Alabama guys, I mean, they play those guys so much. And uh, yeah, I, I can see why, I can see why you say that there still is. Um, there is some untapped potential, some technique things he can learn. Um, you know, t- taking on double teams a little bit better. I think he can yeah, learn exactly. how to do that a little bit better. And um, you know, Alabama, does they just wear those guys out? I think those guys tend to get more injured once they get in the league. So um, you kind of you don't really see Will Anderson's ceiling going anywhere. And and if there are, if the concerns about work ethic and things are about mm-hmm. Jalen Carter, then you're like, well, if this guy can just put in the work to be great, then who knows like what his ceiling could be. So I, I'm with you. And I've been and I've been telling everybody, if there's one guy to turn a guy's work ethic around or worry about a guy with character issues, it is it is Pete Carroll, and we've seen it time and time again. Whether it be Frank Clark, whether it be even Marshawn Lynch, he was a guy that couldn't get along with anybody, right? And then he comes here and he's touted a he had a borderline Hall of Fame career here in Seattle. Yeah. So now I will um, say I did have a caveat to that at first, but now I'm sort of you know I flip flop, but with these types of things, like well with this specifically, specifically. Hmm. But my caveat was like, well, 
Pete's the kind of guy that wants you to have a competitive edge in you. And he sort of uses that as motivation to draw you. So you have to have some level of competitiveness in order for him to kind of pull that out. I kind of thought like, will he want a guy who doesn't really want to compete? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe some of that has been a little overstated is basically what's where I'm at now. Yeah, I think so too. I've been so back and forth on, on Carter whether because I thought he'd be, you know, if it's just him there at five, him and Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson goes to the Cardinals at three. I know we're going to see some trades before us possibly, but say the board looks how it is and Will Anderson goes three. I have no problem taking Jalen Carter at five. I did two weeks ago, two weeks yeah. ago, I was him and in high. And then last week I was like, Oh yeah, I'm finally about it. Cause you just watch the tape of the guy and you're like, man, I'm more afraid to pass. Yes. on him than I am to pick on him because if we if we pass on him and he becomes the next Aaron Donald I mean what do we look like right we look like a bunch of idiots right so yeah I think I think I followed that same mindset too I'm like man if he goes somewhere else especially like a you know because a lot of people are saying he's not going to drop past 10 so I'm going well if worst case scenario this guy ends up on the Eagles I'm going to I'm not going to be okay. Like I'm not <laughs> mentally going to be okay of a team who just came from playing in the Super Bowl gets arguably the most talented player in the draft. I mean, he's fast too. I, they can have him cover running back. They can, they've literally had him drop drop back, cover halfbacks in the SEC, and you're like, holy cow! How's a guy that big move that fast? And just when I'm watching Will Anderson. Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson, because those are really the top three, right, that everybody's been talking about. Right. So I watched Tyree, Tyree Wilson. It seems like there's a lot of coverage sacks. Compared to Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, they will get there before the quarterback has a choice to make whether he wants to throw the ball. And that, that's the kind of guy I want. So Yeah, for, for sure. I think they have a little bit more physic, physically, physically dominating. Um, Tyree – Tyree Wilson, the only thing I worry about with him is just he's not super athletic. I mean, he's got an amazing freakazoid body build, right? But his bend, he's sort of a little stiff coming around the edge sometimes. And for an edge player, there is a question mark about, like, does that matter now? His power is going to be unquestionable. Like, he's going to be able to be productive on power alone. But Mm -hmm. is that enough? And will he be a liability in some regard? Um not being able to truly be that threat on the edge the way you want. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter because you got Chenna on the other side there. But And hopefully Daryl Taylor can step it up. I, I was really – last year it was kind of a disappointment with Daryl Taylor, right, because you're like, oh, man, coming off a – Coming off the 2021 season, you're like, oh, man, he's going he's gonna to be a double-digit sack guy for sure. And towards the end of the season, he really stepped it up. But that first half – it's like where where is Daryl Taylor? I mean, the only play I can even think about him impacting was that that strip shot, that strip sack on Herbert in the first half of the season. Other than that, he was kind of invisible. I gotta be honest, I'm not that high on DT. I'm just not. I I'm so discouraged by how much of a liability he's. I think he is and always going to be in the run. That I'm mm-hmm. not sure you can start him. No matter what, he's just too much of a liability in the run game. And when it comes to the pass rush, to me, he's just not consistent enough because, I mean, he wasn't even able to take advantage of sometimes the double teams that Eugene Nwosu was being thrown. Like, mm-hmm. And he tended to get those sacks in, like, 
once against poor offense offensive lines, right? So like he tore up the gym, yeah. right? Like obviously <laughs> tore that up, but I is that really that big of a statement? Like it was cool to watch, but like I don't know. Excuse me. I just felt like some of his stats are a little misleading. Um yeah, so there was a guy like he kind of reminds me of Frank Clark, but not as dominant of a pass rusher as Frank Clark because Frank Clark against the run was a joke. I mean, it, it was a it's the same type of deal, but it seems like hopefully he can make that next step because I don't think he's ever going to be a run stopper. I really right. don't. I think he's a pure pass rush specialist, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to be really be good to be. A, <laughs> pardon. It'll be a great rotation piece. I think he will. I just think I still think the Seahawks need a a starter edge who can do both the run and the pass mm-hmm. because Boye Mafe is the opposite, right? Where he can like be elite in run defense, but he still needs to get a go a long way in terms of pass rush. Um, you can argue he's got more room to grow, but I just if I'm the Seahawks, I'm I don't think you should count on that. I think you get a guy who can do both pretty well. Yeah. And then then have those guys as depth and you're cooking. You know what I mean? Like you can you're easy because then Alton Robinson is going to come back, too. And that that's really a good rotation. Yeah, we'll see about Robinson. I I just really haven't seen much from him. It seems like he's been hurt a lot. Right. Like his rookie year. Wasn't he hurt the whole year? No, he missed the last five weeks. I I could be completely wrong about that for whatever reason in my head. I'm thinking. He got hurt the last five weeks because he started because it always seems like he starts to come on and then gets hurt. Right? Even in the preseason, like he's, he really started like he was flashing. I mean, obviously it's preseason, but he was flashing mm-hmm. when many weren't. And then he got hurt. Like so that seems to kind of be his trend. Um, I think that the three, four might there was suspicion that the three, four might work better for him than the four, three. Mm-hmm. To me, obviously, we never really got to see that come to fruition, but. Anyway, I, I think pretty highly of him as purely a rotational guy. Yeah, for sure. And I just – Alton Robinson reminds me so much of Rasheen Green, kind of just one of those guys that you can throw into the rotation. He's never going to – I mean, he'll come – he'll make a couple sacks in the season, but he's never going to be your guy where I think Mwosu – he was my favorite standout last year. Yeah, man. As, as far as, like, not expecting anything, right? Because you're yeah. like, oh, okay. I didn't know anything about him when he signed with the team. And then I think he had he 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 had double digit sacks last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had ten. If not, he had nine. Nine point five. Him, okay. him and BT tied both nine point five. See, and it didn't seem like Daryl Taylor had nine and a half. I thought because exactly. just in my head until you said that, I really thought he had like six. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. So because he was stuck at six for the longest and then he went against the Jets and tore it up. I'm telling you, those numbers are like if you go look at the game log, you find out what happened. Um, yeah, and then at 20, who who do you like at 20? Sorry for awkward yeah. transition there. But no, 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 no. You're no, you're good. Uh, by the way, do you wanna do we do you shout out those comments or do they just kind of go on the side? I know uh, it's some pretty good discussion. Oh, yeah, that. sure. Um yeah, Levi said when I watched the film. He's a defensive tackle playing in linebacker body. I think he's talking <laughs> about uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah. So I've been I've been talking with him a lot. He comes on every Monday. That's Levi. He's super cool. Um, I was like, man, this linebacker throwing people around. Oh, that's Jalen Carter. Now I get it. He watches a lot of college tape. But he yeah. Still has a um, Julius Brandt from oh, Julius Kansas State. 
Yeah, I, he's actually on my one of my sleeper li- or the list of sleepers. I have. He seems like he fits the Seattle mold with his. Right. Uh, they said he has lengthy arms, six three. I haven't really watched much tape of him. I kind of just looked. I cheated and looked him up on Pro Football Focus. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, I've seen the scouting report. Um, now he's not as good in zone, so I like that's the reason why I didn't put him on my sleeper list, but. Uh, I really like the player and I don't think he, he'll be like detrimental in zone. I just like, I try to target people who like, who like thrived in zone, but, but yeah, big fan of yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah. I I'm mean, sorry. we're a cover three team. We we right. still are a cover three team. Let's be honest. And oh, the, the transition to a three, four hasn't changed us that much because we play 90%, not 90, but you know, we're a nickel most of the time. Right? right. I mean, it seems like half the time we don't even have, it's kind of a multiple multiple defense. We line up there in a bunch of different formations. Correct. Yeah, they it, it's I mean it's three four, but it it's the strangest three four I've ever seen. I mean the secondary really didn't change. They didn't change the covers. They changed the fronts, mm-hmm. which I think in part and maybe we can talk about this later. Like why like how you feel about the scheme in part. I think that's why the scheme wasn't completely successful because there are elements in that Fangio, big Fangio defense that they just didn't incorporate. And so you're creating a new defensive scheme. And obviously like, you're, like that's going to be weird and like probably unsuccessful, which it, it was. Well, another thing about it too, is I just don't think we had the right guys last yeah. year. I really okay. don't. I mean, I don't, I love Puna Ford. I absolutely love Puna Ford, but it seems like last year he fell off a cliff with the scheme change. And then, uh, God, who else was it up front? Al Woods, you know what? He did all right. He did he did pretty good. Shelby Harris did pretty decent. But other than that, I mean, I can't really – other than Nwosu off the edge, obviously. And then Quentin Jefferson came out of nowhere last year again, but he's gone. You know, I, I like what they did and overhauled the defensive line. It was something that needed to be done. I agree. Yeah, I, now I was hoping that they could have, like, replenished that. I guess they're just really counting on that draft um, to fill in a lot of those spaces because we are – paper thin but Brian Monet he didn't thrive in that when he was playing he really kind of struggled he's another guy who I didn't really feel like fit the scheme um Shelby Harris obviously did but just when you have more guys who don't fit the scheme than do it looks clunky like <laughs> yeah exactly it was kind of a mismatch or a mishmash of guys last last year and then our linebacker play obviously didn't help I mean yeah. people I hate on Cody Barton. I really do. A lot of people don't. They said Barton wasn't that bad, but I, there was some games like the the Lions game or not the, Lions, the Broncos game last year. I thought Barton should have won NFC Defensive Player of the Week, week one. And then I watch him the next three weeks, four weeks, and he's just missing tackles, taking bad angles. I mean, stuff that is day one stuff. He's just... His instincts are bad. Yeah. I think I think you know he does have some some pretty good fundamentals, but his instincts are awful. I don't know how many long runs we saw with him. It just seems like he found a blocker and was like, "Hey, I'll go here instead of like actually getting the ball carrier." I anyway, I'm getting upset. Just I'm like replaying the no, film. My I, we were spoiled for the longest time. I mean, not just with Bobby and KJ, but before that. Uh, we have Lofa Tatupu, Julian Peterson, or Lofa Tatupu and Leroy Hill, right? So we've always been spoiled, or even David Hawthorne back in the day. But 
we've always been spoiled with great off-ball linebacker play. So I think last year we finally saw what it was like, and it was like, oh man, this sucks. This is no fun. Completely. So we brought, so we brought Bobby back home where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see Devin Bush. So yeah. I'm not. I on Devin Bush. I'm not. I'm not. Um... I'm worried about him and I'm worried about, I'm really, so I like the addition. Let me clarify. I love the move. I think it was a great move. High upside guy who struggled off of injury and just probably needs to change the scenery. I think that's a good move, especially on his contract. I just hope that they plan on adding at least one other reliable rotation guy, whether that be through the draft or through last minute free agent. I mean, you can get a cheap linebacker, but I just don't want them dependent on him because you know, a lot of his game depend upon his athleticism, which he may or may not regain. So, yeah, as long as they're not banking on Devin Bush to be a you know impact player, uh, I'm great with it. Well, I'm I'm really I'm excited to see these young guys with Bobby Wagner and what Bobby can kind of teach and mature these young guys. I don't know if I'd be so high. Sorry, I'm going back to the fifth overall pick. I'm just so excited because we haven't had one since 2009, right? Right. So a guy like Jalen Carter comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Without Bobby there, I'd be a little bit worried. But with Bobby there, you know, being the captain of that defense, really, Bobby and Quandre, really, both of them. Yeah. You know, showing a guy and telling him how it should be. I think I'm 10 times more comfortable with Jalen Carter coming in here than I would be if those two guys weren't in the program. I agree. Yeah, I think I I think I stand with it. Um, I not necessarily from a character standpoint, and from a talent standpoint. I think um, now I'm actually still one of the few that I, I like Jordan Brooks a lot. Still, I, I don't I, think. Yeah. yeah, he's all right. He's no yeah. Bobby or he's no KJ. That I, yeah. that's the thing is we've been spoiled for so long, right? Yeah. So. But you know what? I think he could have been a heck of a lot better than he was. But when your defensive line sucks like that, man, Bobby would have looked bad on that defensive. I'm sorry, but Bobby would have looked bad on that defensive line. He would have. It was yeah. Rough. I'm not arguing with you on that. I, no, I, yeah. No, that D line was terrible. It was so. really bad, especially <laughs> in the run game. Well, that's what people go. Uh, People ask me about the defensive line and how I feel about them overhauling it. And I go, we finished 30th in the run last year. Can't get much worse. We If we finish 32nd, it's not that far down from 30. <laughs> there ain't much of a difference there. So um, Steve-O asked, would Seattle trade back? I think they would. That's a total Seahawks move to do. I don't know if they're going to this year be, just because we have a pick so high, right? And if Carter's there, I think you take him. How about yeah. you? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think um, unless they just don't feel comfortable about Carter and the character concerns, and they better be right. Like they better be right about that. But yeah. if, if if I'm gonna trust them, if they move back, I mean, it's it's great to have the extra pick. So you know, rounds two and three, I think are chock full of value. I really love a lot of the options in those second and third rounds. So I'm not gonna be mad at it, um, especially if they can get extra first out of it. But I also they really better be right about the Jalen Carter not turning out to be what he needs to be because that'd be awful. Exactly. That's what I'm. Ner- I'm just nervous about passing on him, and then him becoming the next Aaron Donald. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest fears because we ask for a guy like Aaron Donald every year, every year. Oh man, if only we had Aaron Donald, right? And then you yeah. have the opportunity to take this guy. Don't pass on him. Yeah, I'd say, and it would be too soon coming off of the. Uh, Creed Humphrey debacle, which I yeah. which I tried to be open minded about originally. I didn't I didn't kill it 
upon, you know, selection, but mm-hmm. it got really hard to defend real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it got pretty tough, man. Diaz had done anything for us. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can fumble the bag in that regard and then trade down and pass on a potential generated stational talent. Now, I'm cool trading out a 20. I don't know how you feel. I guess we can get back to the 20th pick, but I don't know how you feel about trading out a 20. I'm pretty all right with it. It just depends on who's still there. I really like Kalaja Kansi. I don't know if you like him at all from Pitt. You don't like him? No. Oh man, I love him. No. Okay, let me let me be clear. I no, you know what? You're right. I don't like him. I don't <laughs> what's up? Tell me. So it's it's really in its in its strength. He's a very good player, but uh it's really those those arms. The arm length, the arm length is just too much for me to overcome, especially because I'm thinking like the 49ers front, right, is a really dominant front. And so when you have that much of a physical like disadvantage against a Nick Bosa, I just I can't help but see that you're going to get, you know, overwhelmed, especially in the run game. And given the issues that I just witnessed last season, I'm just not sure I'm willing to bring on somebody. <laughs> I'm just I'm sure I'm just not willing to bring on somebody that that would be that much of a liability physically. And if he can't, if he can't immediately come in and be a game changer in the past and the passing or pass rush, then mm-hmm. what is he giving you? Too big risk. He swallowed up a few, a few run plays I've seen. I, I've, I fall in love with these guys highlights. Right. So I'm, I, you know me, I'm a fan, right. I'm, I'm not the ultimate, an, analysts i'm not i'm not a huge numbers guy measurables guy except for with cornerbacks obviously because that's what the seahawks do but just watching his tape he looked decent let's say basically who is a guy that you would take at 20 instead of trading out i would do um so I, so it depends on what they do at one right if they got will anderson i would want a brian Brissy. um okay. type of guy i would i really like his potential um his tape doesn't doesn't shine. I don't think there's anything special about his tape. He really kind of came on those last six games, I think, but he, he's got the physical tools. He's got everything you need. He just hasn't had the time, the consistent reps, I don't think, to really put it together. And, and I like a, I like taking a guy on that, you know, especially given he's, I hear pretty good things leadership-wise. Um, mm-hmm. So pretty high on that. Um, if they end up going Jalen Carter, I would like like a low, Nolan Smith. I don't know if he'll be there at 20. Kind of depends on how the draft falls, but I don't know how you what you think about those guys. I like Miles Murphy. I really do. I think he people said he was hurt all last year. I think that's the problem. Why his numbers dipped or his oh, performance okay. dipped a little bit. But you watch him from two years ago, right? And people were touting him as basically Will Anderson go, going into the college football season. So if we can just get him healthy, get him going, I really think, you know, if he's a if he if he could be a dominant pass rusher, what like what he looked like two years ago. I really think that could be a steal there at 20. Yeah. Other than that, I'm gonna get I'm gonna you're gonna hate me because I'm gonna say this. And this is if Bijan's there at 20, I might think about taking him. Oh man. So I'm not gonna hate you because I'm not an anti like I'm not an anti running back. I just I don't I don't love the value, but I understand I think it'll be interesting because then you got who's your number one. I mean, do you then I think it'll be a problem with Ken Walker in terms of like you've drafted this guy higher. Do you then put Ken Walker to the bench? I think that sort of does that affect his confidence. I don't know. Um, I don't think it would bug him. Like I've been, 
this is another thing. I'm going to repeat myself and sound like a broken record, but hey, it's April, right? This is the time to repeat yourself and sound like a broken record. <laughs> but um, I, if you get Ken Walker and Bijan back there and you run that wildcat like they ran last year or they run the two-back set, right? Because nobody runs a true fullback anymore. Yeah. You can make, run both of them at the same time and you're going, where's the ball going to, right? That's fair. That's that's. That's an interesting concept. I, the concept of that is exciting. Um, it's one of those things where I'm not going to be for it, but if they do it, I'm not going to pan it. Um, mm-hmm. They better have a great draft everywhere else, but I'm not going to pan it. Um, it also depends on what they do at five. Like there's a scenario with which I can get behind it. Wouldn't recommend it myself, but um, I'm not a, I'm not a running back hater per se. It's the best value. I'm one of those guys, if they just did nothing but draft defensive and offensive line in this draft, I'd have no problem with it because of the problems last year. Right? 100%. Now, we um, okay. they need to throw in a wide receiver, I think. But otherwise, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I a wide receiver. Not high. Not not really high. I don't like the thought of them taking Zay Flowers. And I don't think Njigba is going to be there by then. I think he's going to be long gone. Um, and he kind of concerns me just because he was hurt all last year. I'm one of those guys that ever since the Rashad Penny and uh, and CJ Prosize projects went south, and don't get me wrong, it's not Penny's fault. He got hurt. Like, I think Prosize was a wuss, and I'll tell you that straight up. But I think Penny, like, he broke his leg. He tore his ACL. He had all of his issues were <laughs> – huge issues i think he wanted to be out there i really felt bad for the guy he's the unluckiest like running back i've ever seen really um yeah really i really hope he can put it together one day anyway yep (laughs) yeah i'm rooting for him i'm not one of those guys that when they leave the team i don't root for him unless their name's russell wilson um (laughs) yeah he's about the only one i think that when he leaves i really just root against him and can't stand him i want to hear a fun fact what my husband's a Broncos fan. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> no, it was great, really. It sucked <laughs> at first, you know, when the trade first happened and he thought he was on top of the world. And, you know, I was like, crap, we just lost a quarterback. But that, you know, that, that quickly shifted to um, me having a heck of a lot of fun watching the misery that was the Denver Broncos last season. So, no, it worked out great. It was, a, it was awesome. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. That's great. Broncos country, let's ride. That's funny. I I had to throw it up there for you. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) No, uh, so yeah, so fun. Obviously, I was at that game, and going into the game, I'm thinking, boy, we we have a chance. Everybody's counting us out, right? I did. deep down in my stomach, I thought we were going to lose. But going into that game, I acted like I had the utmost confidence. And then they did they marched the ball down the field a few times pretty good. And then, you know what, that, that, uh, who's the running back? Number 33, you tell me his name. On the Broncos? Yeah, Javante or. Javante Williams. What's that? Javante Williams. Is he the one that fumbled twice on the goal line, or was it Gordon fumbled once, right? No, that was Melvin. Yeah, it was Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Both times? 
I'm pretty okay. sure he was a fumble guy. Like they thought they benched him because he was a fumble guy. <laughs> it was just watching them. It was awesome having two teams last year. I tell everybody it was awesome having yes. the Seahawks and whoever was playing the Broncos. Yeah. And, look at, and look at where we're at now. We're talking about the fifth overall pick because the Broncos failed so miserably and because all their fans talked so much shit about us yes. the whole time. The whole offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Include my husband. That's. <laughs> but um yeah i guess let's let's get to the uh steve-o said sorry joe i think we found your replacement he must like you a lot so that's good <laughs> um who are your second and third round guys i guess that that you really like that you kind of want to get into sleepers i guess yeah so i was super high on center um now them getting evan brown I, i'm i'm pretty i like the idea of evan brown so i'm not as like get a center right now. Like at first I was like, must get John Michael Smith. Like I like getting no one else, but John Michael Smith. But um, now I'm, I'm, I'm amenable. There's some other options there. Um, let's see at the second round, I'm trying to think in my head where, what the, what's some not projected options are. I don't know why I'm blanking now on that. So those aren't my, so I like the, I, I really my sleeper picks are more like third and fourth rounds, especially at the wide receiver and cornerback positions. I'm um, trying to think. Okay. There's centers there. There are. I'm still not super high on getting a wide receiver at that point. I know some people are. It's not the end of the world to me if we don't. Um, I'm okay getting a, a running back there. Um, Boy, I'll tell you who I really like in the second round. And you might hate him, but I really like I fell in love with this guy watching this guy. Is Jack Campbell the linebacker out of Iowa? No. Yeah. And people people say that Drew Sanders is better. People say the guy from Wazoo is better. I am blanking on his name. Watching that Jack Campbell play. Boy, imagine him sitting behind Bobby and Bush and you know, just rotating in with Bush and Brooks basically. I think that guy could be the next Bobby Wagner. I really do, just watching him. I don't think he could be the next Bobby Wagner because I don't think he has quite the athleticism that Bobby had coming into the mm-hmm. game. But I think he can be just as stable. Maybe he, he may not make as many big plays as Bobby made early in his career to make him Bobby Wagner. Yeah. But I do mm-hmm. think you're right in that he's just going to be like that solid. Maybe the later maybe the later years, Bobby, maybe. Mm-hmm just stable, consistent, like making the right reads, making the right plays. I, exactly, I, and that's what I want because we saw Barton last year. And, <laughs> you know, and then when they had Tanner Musin, I mean, thank God to all these guys. These are these guys are way better than I'd ever be personally. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying watching them from a professional level, you're like, what are they doing? And then when Brooks goes down, they have Tanner Musin, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, thank God this kid got – or thankfully this kid got a chance – but why why did Brooks have to go down? Because it just made it 10 times worse. Yes, it did. That was a, it was a tough one. I mean, he played all right his first few snaps. But, man, when he had to start, that was that was tough. That was a tough watch. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I like Dan, uh, Diane Hintley a lot. Now, I've, I've been team find somebody that can cover, like kind of mm-hmm. find a cover linebacker. That's why I'm pretty high on Henley. That's another guy. I don't know why I was blanking. That's another guy. I like linebacker. I like yeah, center. Yeah, that's the Wazoo guy, but I couldn't remember his name, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah, and I like him a ton. I mean, he's got some weaknesses to his game. He may not be as great in the run game, but 
I mean, everybody on the – every other linebacker we have is. Like, somebody's got to be able to do something different. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, another player I really like in the second round, I like, like you are saying, John Michael Schmidt. And then there's another guy. His last name's Tipman. I yep, think Joe. he's from Wisconsin. Joe Tipman, yep. Don't like his haircut, but I like his grade, right? So yeah. I think we can deal with the mullet for a little bit. I think he may be more third round, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think he may be more third. I could be – he may be – I think he's rising a little bit, though. So who knows? But I like so, him. What do you – how do you feel about Hennon Hooker? I'm not big on it for the same reason I'm not big on, on, on Richardson. Like, if I – it's it's the same thing. Like, it's going to be a third quarterback – I mean, a quarterback on the roster. Now he might have a chance to play. And if, if they didn't have Drew Locke – I'd be all in for it. So I think they'd have to pick pick a path. Like I'm not I'm not team have three quarterbacks on this team. Um, I just don't think you need it. And but I like the player, and he's basically Geno Light to me. Yeah, exactly. And I I really like him in that second pick in the second round, first pick in the third round. If we can snag him there, I really like him because. He had that ACL issue, right? So he's not going to be ready for the first half of this season. And once again, fingers crossed, he doesn't have to play the first half of this season or any part of this season. But I think it, he'd be a good guy to sit behind Gino for a couple of years, hopefully two years, and then see what he can do, right, yeah. when, we, when we need him. I hear that um, his medicals went very well when he did the med- when he did the medicals at the combine. I heard that they say he could potentially be ready to go for training camp. Not that that won't matter for us, but yeah, it might not be as bad off as people think. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's gonna help him too. Like I said, sitting behind a guy, I I like the idea of sitting a quarterback for mm-hmm. a year. You know, especially like what you've seen from Mahomes. I mean, Russell Wilson's not gonna happen every year. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. That's like a once in every twenty years type of guy, right? Because yeah. everybody overlooked him because his height, and you're like. Boy, when they started him, I was pissed because they paid Matt Flynn that money. And I'll admit, I was wrong. I was like, oh, man, I, why are you starting this guy? He's five foot ten and five eights. And you're like, what are they doing? And then he goes out and he was a franchise quarterback for a long time. Yeah, that he was. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And to, and to add on that, like I'm kind of in that sweet spot where I feel like I just don't. And I could be wrong about this and I, and I may be wrong, but. I haven't seen a lot of stories of franchise quarterbacks who sat for two years and then mm-hmm. became a franchise quarterback. Like, I just feel like if you needed that much development, you're probably not going to transition well. And I could, like, again, I could be missing somebody, but I feel like it can't be like a Trey. No, I know we got a lot of 49ers people fans in here listening. I'm not a Trey Lance hater to, to say I am not, but I mean like Trey Lance, if he came in to be a franchise quarterback would be like the first guy mm-hmm. who like after who sat multiple years and then became the guy it just it seems like well it, Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers sat for three years true and then true once again like it like you I could be wrong roast me in the comments if I'm wrong but is Steve but Steve Young sat for a while before he finally took over for Joe Montana because he played well I don't know if he sat because he started for the Buccaneers and then he went almost like a mini Geno Smith story right yeah. where he kind of Went somewhere yeah, else. But yeah. Yeah. Any, who do you like in the third round? I'm sorry for 
I keep talking here off about <laughs> my guys. Who are your guys? No, yeah, no, no. We're good. No, so um, so I have a ton. Like I, I really don't want the Seahawks. I want them to draft a wide receiver, but I don't want them to draft one until they get to the third, fourth round because there are a ton of guys I really like. Um, like you said, those high end guys, I don't feel like are even the best fit for what the Seahawks want to do. They're kind of smaller. I don't like, I'm not big on the small wide receivers, even though this class is chock full of them this year. Um, I like, um, I don't know if you've heard of Parker Washington, huge mm-hmm. fan of him. Um, so he is, I forget what school he's out of. I'm sorry. I forgot to put that in my notes. Um, but he's like, he's got a, it's really interesting build. So he's a guy that's like, um, uh, like 200 plus pounds. He's 5'11". He, he's almost built like a running back of sorts, but he's an excellent run after catch guy because that's really what I feel like the Seahawks offense needs is the mm-hmm. ability to be horizontal, right? To to make you defend every blade. We've got the vertical threats all day long. That's not the question, but can we like run a screen ever? successful Seahawks problem forever not not even just I think the last wide receiver that was decent at screen passes was Doug Baldwin they used to run the outside screen with curse you know with curse block and him all the time but other than that I can't even think of one yeah let's let's hope that I'm I'm hoping we can draft somebody that can bring (laughs) the screen back like you said at least at the Doug Baldwin level like let it not be an epic fail every time but so I like that guy um He's a really he's a really great contested catch guy. He's got short arms, so I'm not sure how that translates. That's sort of the knock on him. Um, another guy that I really like is Marvin Mims. I've heard of him. Heard of him? Yeah. Um, he so was he, Oklahoma, right? Yeah, re- yeah, he was. Um, real big on him. I really, because um, I think he's he's a smaller guy, and I'm not super. You know, the smaller guys I don't love, but he can really just do some of everything. Like he's a really good blocker. He's really good at right after the catch. He can get vertical still, so he's got that speed, whereas, like, Parker Washington has a question about will he be able to get you vertically, um, and he's, he can track the ball well. So he really – the only thing that he's that his knock is that he is small, like most of this class, and that he – you know, mm-hmm. most of these wide receivers are going to say, like, they, they can expand their route tree, right? Like, that's pretty that, – that scare me. That's, <laughs> Look at DK, right? Yeah, um, like – That was his big question coming in. Oh, yeah, all he can run is a streak and a slant. That's all he can run, right? And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then look at him. I mean, he, right. he hasn't been quite – I'd say he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet, to be no. completely honest. I agree. I really agree. There's still some untapped potential in him, especially in the way that he runs his route, like the, the details with which he pays attention to his routes. Like if he was just a little bit more sharp or a little bit more intentional about like – trying to deceive his um his cornerback. Sometimes he doesn't set his cornerbacks up well no. for his routes. And that can, I think, sometimes lead to, like, there was a couple of times where I think that was a direct consequence of a pick because DK didn't, like, properly run the route. But, so, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I can't remember if it was the Jets game or the Rams game. It was one of the last two games where it yep. was, yeah, it was embarrassing. Yep, agreed. Yeah, so that stands out. But speaking of, Oh, Miss Rod receivers. Are you familiar with Jonathan Mingo? Mm-mm. Love Sorry. that. Sorry, a lot of these receivers. So on the sleepers, I didn't even cover receivers. Yeah, so. no. I, I've, so I've, I really only dived into the sleepers on wide receivers and cornerbacks because I feel like those are the two positions that you really can get good value in those third and fourth rounds. But mm-hmm. really high on Jonathan Mingo. He's Sort of DK light, right? He's two six. He's, he's sorry, two six. He's six two, <laughs> two hundred and twenty five pounds, and he ran like a four four six. 
Um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not like light is not DK, but like it's yeah. DK light. Um, his knock on him is obviously going to be the route tree. I just think it's those old Miss system. Like they just don't run those guys. So mm-hmm. it's not even yeah. a real knock. They were questioning AJ Brown about the same thing. I mean, AJ Brown and DK, and look at both of them. Right? Exactly. They're, both, they're both making lots of money now for a good reason. Right. So. So he's a really good run out there catch guy. And I like that at that level of physicality, because I think that he can have the ability to make people miss, but you need, if you got it, if you got him running a screen or something like that, because we're not good at screens anyway. So I love (laughs) him there. Um, He's, he's not like with his speed, he's not going to take the top off the defense, but again, the Seahawks don't need that. He's great with contested catches though. I think that can be really valuable for Geno Smith, who we will see if he like, We'll see how he is with ball protection this year. I have, I have slight concerns. But anyway, you want to put some some good contested catch guys there <laughs> around him. Yeah. Um, before we get into defensive backs, I guess, because that's what that's uh that's I hope where we're going next, because I got a few of those. Cool. So um just want to give a shout out, David McNiner. He's a good 49ers guy. Uh CSC Killer Campbell. He's a he's a Madden YouTuber, but he's also a Seahawks fan. So he's ah, in here. Appreciate it. Interesting. Seahawks have brought any running back in for a visits pre-draft. That didn't surprise me. Yeah. I don't think they need to. Um, no, they have they have two on the depth chart, but I think one of those is kind of like as long as there's no character issues, I think the tape doesn't lie, right? So yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. I, I wouldn't waste that on a on a because they're not looking to draft one high; they're really looking for complimentary backs, and so I would agree with that notion. Not my opinion. I just think they need a really good power back and like some depth to call it a day. Yep. But, no, that makes a complete sense. Um, who do you like at corner? Corner, I love. Um, it's not a sleeper pick, but I like Emmanuel Forbes because he's, he's not like a. They probably won't get him just because of where he falls, and it, it wouldn't necessarily make sense to draft him there. But you know, he's a really good zone corner, really good instincts, um, really good ball skills, good experience. Just good. I I like I like everything about his game. I don't think he's realistic, but I like him. <laughs> okay, how do you feel about uh, that, Julius Julius Brandt or Brandt's? I like him. I took him off my list solely because I didn't see, at least in his scouting report, because I sort of like look at the scouting reports um, even sometimes before I look at the film, just because it helps me like know what to look for. Maybe that's not great. But anyway, that's what I do. Um, no, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, oh, who is this guy? I got to look at him. I think both are. You got to take them both with him. So we're completely the opposite here. Yeah. So. That works out well. So in the scouting report, like he didn't say like he was super big on, you know, he's got some really good plays. So I like his tape, but um, I, would, it, I wouldn't be upset with the pick. I'll say that. He's not my personal, like I wouldn't pick him, but I, I like the guy a lot. Okay. And then uh, how about uh, Kamari Connor? Have you heard anything about him? He's a safety no. from Virginia Tech. No, I didn't look at the safeties too much, though. So, you got so safety from Virginia Tech. I get a little nostalgic because Cam Chancellor. This guy's a, this guy's a strong safety. They're saying he could be the next Cam Chancellor. I doubt it. He's he's six foot, 202. Um, oh, I think I have heard of him. Yeah, okay. we're number one and number 25. Yeah. what I saw from film, right? But uh, you know, just another guy. Like if if the Seahawks pick, the Seahawks are great at developing defensive backs, and I think whoever they take, they're probably going to work out. Because look yep. at a, a lot of these guys that come here, 
And like Byron Maxwell is a perfect example, right? He comes here, he thrives with the Seahawks. He goes to Philadelphia, can't do anything. Goes to Miami, doesn't do anything. Comes back and he's decent and then he's done. Yeah. And look at Earl Thomas. So, I mean, I get it. He's losing a step because he's older, right? Oh, Earl Thomas. But yeah, and I mean, Sherman, he, another thing, he was getting older when he left. But, you know, it seems like when a lot of these guys leave, like Jeremy Lane, I've never heard of him since he left here. Uh, Shaq Griffin, another guy, leaves and just, I guess Jacksonville's not happy with him because I heard they were thinking about cutting him. If yeah. they didn't cut him already, I, I could be mistaken. I thought they did, but I, I actually, I may be wrong about that. That maybe they didn't. <laughs> no, maybe they did. Maybe I'm wrong about it. But yeah, either way, nobody's happy with him, right? But when he plays here, right, he looks awesome. He and I think that's great. because yeah. of Pete Carroll. Yeah. Oh, and DJ Reed's, yeah, no. He, I mean, once again, we were spoiled for so long with great cornerbacks, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you don't no, think so? We're just yeah. that. Well, I mean, we are spoiled, but no. It, yeah, no, it wasn't just that. And he, he, yeah, he was just a little too, not inconsistent, but one, he had no ability to make a play on the ball. So no. it's hard for me to say. Yeah, no, and then uh, sometimes he got burned. Like he was the guy who got burned a little bit too much. Not It's hard to say inconsistent, but um, I think sometimes he wasn't able to uphold the don't get beat deep rule. So mm-hmm. – and you know, I always thought his pro bowl, I liked him a lot as a personality and as a locker room guy, um, would have loved him more as depth. But I was never really high on Shaq. Shaq Griffin had me yelling at him a lot <laughs> the last year and a half. I think the, the problem was, too, like you said, the last year and a half is when he started, well, his first year he had Sherman, the opposite mm-hmm. side. And then it seemed like when they moved him from right corner to left corner, that's where he really struggled. That's why I hope they just keep – if they have the same defensive backs as they did last year, the same cornerbacks, I hope they don't mess with Mullen and try to move him to left corner. You know what? If he fits if he fits at right corner, keep him at right corner. Right. That's where he's good at. Right. Agreed. So, I feel the same way about offensive linemen. Yeah, exactly. And we've we've seen it with the Seahawks before too, and it just does not work. I was, I'm, I, I'm just now calming down about Damian Lewis. Just now. Like the Damian Lewis move from white from right guard to left guard had me mad for about two years straight. And I did hear that I, I believe he requested to be moved. If I'm if I I don't I can't remember where I heard that, but I it I heard oh, he requested to move because his rookie year he was his rookie year he was doing solid at right guard. He really was, and then it seemed like ever since he switched over, he has not been the same. Now he now he was the best O lineman on the on the O line last year. Actually. I don't believe that. That interior, it just watching it, it didn't, it does not seem like it. Well, okay. Well, it depends on how much you buy in a PFF, but PFF, he was the highest graded offensive lineman. And so he actually was pretty good. I mean, he didn't get beat a ton. Uh, the weakness think, of the group was the center. I could still be mad about him being called on a legal man downfield like three times during the 49ers game. I'm like, what playbook is this guy running, reading? <laughs> like, does he have different plays than the rest of the offense? That's fair. That's fair. Um, but no, um, oh shoot, I was gonna say something about um oh, I wanted to make a comment on so I'm with the guys who leave and don't do as well, 
I think that's two parts. So one, maybe it is the scheme. I think it, this part the scheme, obviously, mm-hmm. that the Seahawks play. The other part is I think John Snyder has a really good knack for knowing when a guy's at the end of the rope. And he seems to really do pretty good about those, the timing of those things. DJ Reed is the exception, as you kind of like. Yeah, DJ Reed called out last year. Fumbled that bag. I That broke my heart. I knew it, I knew it when he left. I knew it when he left. We were going to regret that. But Mike Mike Jackson played pretty solid last year. I I like Mike Jackson last year a lot. Yeah, but DJ Reed would have been better. I agree. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Trey Brown? We haven't. So he played his rookie year, right? And he looked solid for the couple of games he played. I think it, it didn't seem like a lot. And then he got injured at Pittsburgh. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I didn't see him a whole lot once he came back because he did come back towards the end of the year. Right. For one game and he got he got killed. Now, in his defense, I think I believe that was an Arizona game. So it's unfortunate for him that his first game back was like against DeAndre Hopkins. He got cooked and then they kind of benched him and they didn't really play him. But like five snaps after that. Um, So it's hard to read a lot from that. He he did get cooked. He looked really bad in the snaps he came back playing. But I'm I'm not sure it was the best of situations for him either. When he came in last, not last season, so the 2021 season, I really liked him. Yeah. Then, like I said, last season, I didn't see him at all. (laughs) Judging by what you said, I thought he was hurt basically all year. Well, I mean, if he came back to the Arizona game, that was pretty late. Yeah, it was late. But I think he's more, I think he's more like a nickel guy. But then again, Kobe played pretty good last year for a rookie at nickel. He just needs to make plays on the ball a little bit more. You don't like it. No, he didn't play well. I do like him, but he didn't play well. No. Uh, so he he actually, I think, gave up, like, the most yards of any cornerback in the league or something really close to that. Like, he he, he gave up a lot of yards. Um, and he had some really great turnovers. I don't know. He's another guy. Put him back outside. He didn't play nickel in college. Put the guy back outside. Why is he playing out of position? I don't think he's. I don't think he's being optimized. I don't blame Kobe. I blame the staff. Get a real corner, a nickel corner. Like, why did they move him? He was killing it at training camp, and then they moved him. And mm-hmm. while he still made some plays, he ended up giving up a crap ton of yards because. And he did get better as the season went on, so I will give him credit. He yeah, saw exactly. him make make bet. Put him back. Just bring him back home, man. That's how I feel. So would you rather have him outside than Mike Jackson? i like to see them compete. i like to see okay. them compete and see. I like the size of Mike Jackson, obviously, better. But mm-hmm. Trey Brown played with an aggressiveness and a quickness, and, and his instincts were so um, strong and, like, just, just great. Like, he was able to – his ability to play in zone and his quickness, which I don't know if he still has or not, given his injury, but – I'll never forget that. What was that tackle? He came back. Like he saved the play. He was he's the only guy, I mean, who could prevent a third down conversion. And that I, I want to say that was the same year we had Dunbar too, 2021. Yes, yes it was. That was insane. I get don't get beat over the top, but I mean, come on. I'd rather see you get beat over the top <laughs> one time. You remember that? They were just literally just posting up. They they just go 10 yards, then turn back. 10 yards, turn back, just running hitch. Hitch, hitch. And I'm like, do something, dude. Just get beat over the top. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, I, I was too busy being pissed about uh, Trey Trey Flowers to really, um, oh, to, oh, to really focus on Dunbar. But 
he was another one. Flowers' his rookie year. His rookie year, I thought he played decent. Yeah. And then the, the second, third, because I think he only made it the second and third, I was like, what is this guy doing? Trash can. Absolute <laughs> trash can. I hate the, the passion with which you probably have about Cody Barton. I have about Trey Flowers times two. I don't know how many times I yell, get him off my field, but he just looked like Bambi out there sometimes. No, I felt that I felt the same exact way about Trey Flowers. And then he went to the Super Bowl that year we cut him. But I, I think I, Yeah, so I hated it. I think he I think he did something. He didn't he have a some weird play where everybody was like, ah, Trey Flowers. He did I something. think so. It was either that or the opposite, but yeah, I wanna say he got beat. I yeah. want to say he got beat. I think it may have been both. I think they had one where, like, he was like, okay, he actually looks pretty good, and I think he ended doing something and got, just got completely burned. Um, before we get out of here, sorry, I know we're reaching about an hour. So, um, Deuce Vaughn, what do you think of him? I'm hearing he's, like, the next Darren Sproles. He's five foot five, 179 pounds out of Kansas State. That's kind of an intriguing guy, right, as, like, a gadget guy. It is an intriguing guy. Uh, I would want to make sure they got somebody else too. Again, I'm really big Obviously, on power back. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. If you get a power, if you get at least one power back and you get him too, great. Like, but I don't want to just have him because they they need more than that at this point. Uh, they they've proven they legitimately need five running backs on the squad. Like, mm-hmm. no lie, because they're all oh. going to get injured. Well, the Rams game last year, you remember that we we won in LA, but it was like, who's gonna play running back? Oh yeah, isn't that when they brought that? Um, oh, what was his name? Tony Jones. A, yeah, I had an argument with somebody over uh, who was better, DJ Dallas or Tony Jones, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation with you. One guy was on the practice squad last week, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> well, dude, I was watching that game, and then. So earlier that game, he had a snap. So I was watching the game with a friend, right? And uh, all right, I'll see you in a bit, Levi. Um, sorry, got to give a shout out to my guys. But um, so early in that game, I go, who is 32? I think he was wearing 32. I could be wrong. And then they go, I think Kenneth Walker got hurt first. And then DJ Dallas got hurt or vice versa. Something happened. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess Tony Jones is our guy. Yeah, I've been a fan of this guy since day one. Just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, man, I, I blame him for the Bobby interception. I really oh, you do. do. Yeah, I do. He he, because he, he basically tripped. I believe, like he, like that was kind of on him. If you go back and watch that play, because everybody was saying it wasn't really an interception, right? There was like this debate on if they were even going to call that an interception. I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. I have to jog my memory a little bit. But yeah, yeah I, I do remember that. They they reviewed it for quite some time, I think. Yeah, it was quite and everybody was kind of surprised that he really counted that as an interception because it really would like he he really kind of slipped or he fumbled. Like he he did something, but like it, he he made him an obvious mistake. And to be yeah. honest, while Bobby was playing great that game, he looked like he was playing with his hair on fire when Tony yeah. Jones was in the game. Because he <laughs> was just they'd hand the ball off to him and Bobby would just boom, like kill the guy like immediately. I that was a tough watch. <laughs> Glad they yeah, won it. It was, but you know what? We came out with the win, right? And that's yeah. all that matters. And was everyone great. was really fine after that. I mean, yeah. they were just um, but yeah, I'd like to get that deuce fun. I mean, he's five foot five. If we could have another Darren Sproles in the league, I think that'd be cool. It would be cool. Especially if he works out. Yeah, I I, I like the idea of him for sure. 
And then another guy. So the two other guys I have written down, both I haven't really watched tape of. I just kind of looked at the reports, right? But we need a guy to replace Al Woods, right? So I have this yeah. uh, Jared Clark written down. He's a defensive tackle out of Coastal Carolina, yeah. but he's 6'4", 334 pounds. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of him, but it's kind of hard to watch those Coastal Carolina tape. It's almost <laughs> – it's like they went back 20 years. It's like grainy watching it. <laughs> and then uh, another guy is Broderick Martin, 6'5", 330. I just think we need to take a big nose tackle. We, we really – if we're saying we're going to run a 3-4, we have to have a nose tackle to run a 3-4, right? Yeah. That, that two. They need two. <laughs> yeah, they do. And I think Monet will be back, right, as the backup. No. So. No, I don't think he'll be back anytime soon. I don't think. Oh, because of his injury? Yeah, he, he had an ACL at the end of the year. That's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, if he plays, he wouldn't play to the end of the year. And even if he – how would he look if he does come? They need two. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, because I just don't – I don't see it. Like it um, so I'll mark that down. We need two guys at nose tackle. They, they really do. And I don't know. I mean, unless they just – how about Miles Adams? Was he kind of a nose tackle guy, or is he more of a defensive tackle? Nah, he's I can't really remember. He's really, he's really more of a three-tech. He's really good in the pass rush, but he's not going to be able to take on double teams to eat up space. Um, he's kind of quick for his size, and so he uses that to his advantage. He's more athletic, I think, than anything else. So, okay. no. Um, I like him, though. I do like him as a player. Yeah, yeah he shined in the preseason, too, and then he made the, he made the team, right? And then he – he showed up one game. I'm like, oh shit, that guy's still on the team. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, do you like um, what's his name? Mojo, oh, um, Ojo Ajori is from te- out of Texas. Um, oh, is it Ojolari or something? Yeah, o- Ojo something, but he's out of Texas. He's pretty um, not very mobile, but he's a real take up space gap eater guy. So he could play nose tackle. Oh, for sure. No, he was a nose. He's definitely a nose. Then sure, I like him. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen his name. I haven't watched much on him, to be completely honest with you. So I read the scouting report, but I don't watch tape on noses. I just just kind of (laughs) it is hard. Like I said, I tried to watch tape of this Jared Clark guy, and I'm like, what? Okay, what guy is he? Right, and he's wearing like number eighteen or something. He weighs like three hundred thirty-four pounds, so that looks a little goofy. He's a great sleeper though. He's a he's a really good sleep, sleeper pick. Um, I really like Keanu Benton out of. Uh, I've heard of him. Keanu, is it Keanu? It may be Keanu. He's from Georgia, right? Or, no, um, not Georgia. It's uh, another school. I see. I literally see the logo, but I can't do nothing to bring up the name. It's he's a really from the South, right? He, he said what? It's a Southern school, right? Yeah, it's I think so. Um, D I D D. Man, okay, I'm not gonna come up with the name. I'm probably just gonna Google it. That's my best bet. But he played really well in the Senior Bowl. He he came on really strong, and you know how the Seahawks love those Senior Bowl guys. So oh yeah, always. Yeah. And combine guys, but I don't fall in love with combine guys. I think the only combine guy that's worked out is DK. Tariq. What? Tariq. Oh yeah, Tariq. Tariq is definitely a combine guy. Yeah. But he's it's also just – yeah, Tariq is a combine guy. I didn't even think about that. He runs like a four two six. So. Yeah, he was definitely a combine warrior, but he was more. He yeah, was more. exactly. Uh, let's see. Where is this guy out of? Uh, Wisconsin. 
Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Way off. 313, 6'4. Yeah, I don't know. If they're still did Al sign with anybody? I saw he visited the Jets. Yeah, I don't know if he signed with them. That would hurt my feelings. (laughs) That would hurt my feelings. I'm so sick of all like good players going to the Jets. I'm just sick of hearing people talk about the Jets. Like maybe make the playoffs before you crown them as the sixth overall team in your power ranking. And so I get the Lions ended hot. The Lions ended hot. They really did. But everybody's crowned them like they're the champions of the NFC North already. Show something. You know, nobody's crowned us as the champions of the NFC West. I, I think the biggest difference is the level of competition in the division. And I think the NFC North minus Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be because that is the same division as Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Yeah, because that's how they beat him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. I get I the Lions. I think the Vikings will be decent again. I think they'll be good in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, they'll do what they do in the playoffs. Just like yeah. And it sucks because I kind of like the Vikings. I have I have no hard feelings towards the Vikings at all, but I just they do the same thing every year. It seems like so. They are the most mid team of the two of this real really the two thousands era. I just the the most. I don't think there's a more mid team in the league. I guess it's better than being bad, but like. Seriously. Well, no, it actually kind of sucks, right? Because yeah. you can't. You can't uh, you can't get high draft picks, right? You're kind of stuck there at like 15, between 12 and 18 every year. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, at least if you're bad, you get the draft pick. So that was my biggest problem about the um about the you know the end of the Russell era. It's just that the whole you know if you're gonna just be a first second round exit, then what's I mean, there's a point to winning, but also gotta get over the hump at some point like you get punished for just being mediocre like you said so the last quarterback's jersey i bought was matt hasselbeck and i the time i bought the matt hasselbeck jersey i couldn't even afford it my parents bought it for me i think i was eight years old i said screw it i went out and bought a geno jersey as soon as they re-signed him i was like i love this guy's personality it's just it's so refreshing to not hear the same cliches after every press conference or during every press conference. It's nice to have somebody that's real finally. So I think that was another breath of fresh air that everybody appreciates about Gino. That's true. That's very true. Now I, I was a big Russell fan despite his, despite him like saying the same things over and over again, because I was like, you know, to some extent you got to kind of, especially after the show I'm watching. So I'm like, I'm just glad that he's like, yeah. And like, yeah, like exactly. General, like Stanford. I mean, if there's if there's a guy who's gonna be cliche, I mean, at least for it to stand for positive things, I I take that all day. Um, but it really, but it's but still, despite that, despite me not being a Russell hater, um, well, I obviously rooted against him all of last year. But mm-hmm. in general, it, it is just nice, you know. It's just something different, and you could tell it's genuine. And the way he structured that contract, mm-hmm. talking about putting your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Like, guys, cap is ten million dollars. That's why I said I don't think they're. I don't think they're gonna let Gino go after one year, even though they technically can. I just think John Snyder is probably also refreshed after dealing with Mark Rogers for all these years. And like, right? I tell everybody about that. If you know what, I never knew who Mark Rogers was until you know the Russell stuff started coming out. The first. The first contract wasn't that bad, right? You know, yeah. he's got to get paid. And then the second, third, we're just like, oh, my God, dealing with this guy. 
Yeah. Well, he's a baseball agent. Okay, well, go go be an agent for somebody that plays baseball. Right. Russell, he can go to Yankees training camp all he wants. He's not playing for the New York Yankees. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or spring training, pardon. Yeah. But. So, anyway, but I, I think for that reason that John's going to reward him. You'll see Dino at least two years, but I, I think that's I the minimum. Yeah. I, lo- I love the guy. Just not even as a football – I love him as a football player, but I just love the guy as a person compared yeah. to a lot of – he's not cocky and he's not he's not trying to be too humble. He's just – He's himself, yeah. Doing his thing, right? Yeah. And I, that's, that's, why, that's why I say I'm not big on the quarter, the quarterback thing because, because of the culture of the Seahawks. Seahawks aren't the type to be like, you did us a favor by taking a discount – we're going to reward you by cutting you after one year. You know what I mean? Like, even if he doesn't have a great year, they're going to give him another chance to see if he can step it up. And then if he doesn't do well, they'll walk. But that's just not John and Pete. That They would say that it would be anti-culture, right? Like, if you sacrifice for the team, you pay for it. That's just not their thing. He'll be there at least two years, guaranteed. I just love what he said about, you know, if the Seahawks draft a quarterback, when he said, oh, man, I'd treat him exactly how I'd want to be treated, right? I'd show him. And I think that's awesome because it takes a lot of balls to say that, right? A lot of guys – I mean, Tannehill last year was like, oh, well, it's not my job to mentor the guy. Well, look yeah. at you, right? You, you sucked last year, right? And now they're talking about replacing you not even with that guy. Maybe you should have helped him out a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, you would have had something, something like some benefit. Um, uh, did you Have you watched the uh, Gino interview with uh, Richard Sherman yet? No, I got like 10 minutes into it. Same with the Quandre one, same thing. I kind of just, you know, had it on and then stopped. <laughs> it was really good. I, I, it's really cool to hear just Gino's, I don't know, it's just always good to hear him talk. So, And the letter to the fans that he wrote was awesome too. Yeah, it, was. it was nothing. That's the thing about Gino is it's never like, there's never a backhanded comment with Gino Smith. It's always you get exactly how he's thinking I mean, not like not like he's going to go out and shit talk a guy like that. But, I mean, you're going to get exactly how he's thinking. Right. And, too, like, the thing is with him, you will hear some cliche, you know, like, it's all about the team type stuff. Yeah, but, but you feel like he means it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is more genuine. And then, like I said, I mean, if, if you had any questions, look at the contract build up. Mm-hmm. And that, that that shocked me. I, ca- I cannot believe that he's, he allowed the contract to be set up that way. But. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> nah, he loves it here. So, and we love him here too. I mean, even even when Russ was still our quarterback, he came in. We're all chanting Gino at the stadium. I mean, I'm sure that that made something. And another thing about the Broncos game, I think booing the shit out of Russell Wilson did affect him a lot oh, throughout the season because he's one of those guys. If you can get in his head, you can control him. Yeah, right? no, for sure. I think he did that. It definitely messed with him. And what's funny for me is, so I actually watched that game. Um, so that week is like my anniversary. So me and my husband were like in Vegas and we went to this really cool like rooftop that had like this giant sports stadium and a bunch of swimming pools. So it was mm-hmm. really cool, like <laughs> watching the game up there and like he's he's going into it like, hey, don't be sad when y'all lose. Like, hey, like, you know, make sure you don't ruin the rest of the night when y'all, y'all lose this. And boy, oh boy. Was he quiet on the way back? That was, that was so. That's awesome. funny. My anniversary was the same. Uh, my anniversary was the day before that. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah. Yeah, we went to Ocean Shores before that, and then I took one of my friends to the game. Boy, that was nothing like it. Nothing like I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it because 
There hasn't been. There hasn't been. There hasn't been a guy of his caliber coming back since A-Rod left and went to the Rangers. But even that, it's like. Yeah, his situation was completely unique. Nobody, nobody really gets rid of franchise quarterbacks at that age. No, and no quarterback goes to the ownership and demands your GM and coach to be fired or else you're leaving, right? And then we saw how that worked out. So Yeah. Yeah, he says he didn't say that. I don't I don't really know how much I believe on that, but because I feel like at least it had to be implied. I mean, at the very least, if you exactly he he implied it, and that's basically probably he probably goes, Oh, it's me or him. Uh, but I didn't mean it that way, you know. That's right. Like, I'm pretty sure he said it with like a way where like it was understood but not directly said. I think both of them are key pointed, like they're like, he wanted to go, he's like, they wanted me to go. I, I feel like both are right and they are both using loopholes to whatever. It doesn't really matter. We won because we got the fifth pick. As long as Pete and John came out on top, that's all I care about. Whoever's with us, you root for the laundry and the city. You don't root for the player. That's my opinion. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But is there anything else you want to get to before we get out of here or? No, man. I think, I think it's been great talking draft. Um, Excited to see what they do. Uh, There are a lot of really good options for them to walk away with a really, really great draft after the, on the heels of an amazing draft that they just had. Um, I think fans will be advised to have slightly different standards because I'm not sure if it'll be the exact same. It's hard to, it's hard to keep that. Yeah. Yeah. But they can do themselves a favor by just taking Jalen Carter and it goes a long way. Or Will Anderson. I mean, if either, if either of them are there, I'm not complaining. Like we said at the beginning, right? Right. But um, with that, thank you, everybody, for being in the chat. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can everybody find you? Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, you can find me at uh, – so in terms of football, you'll find a lot of my football content at Ethos Seahawks. Um, my personal page is Candace H901. You'll find a lot more basketball uh, content on that one. But, um, yeah, on Ethos Grizzlies, we got a podcast, so follow the podcast. Um it's you know, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Um, so we'll have this episode. And and I really appreciate you having me on, Joe. It's been fun. No, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And you're more than welcome anytime. So thank you. Thanks. All right, everybody have a good night.